one, I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, the chair and co-founder of I Relaunch, and your host for today. Today, we welcome Christy Wallace, CEO of Elevate Network. Christy is responsible for executing Elevate Network's mission of providing professional women with a supportive community to lean on and learn from. She directs the network staff, is responsible for business growth and strategy, and works closely with Elevate's chapter leaders, business partners, and champions to further Elevate's impact. Christy is host of the Elevate podcast and a thought leader on leadership, diversity, social entrepreneurship, and networking, and more. Most recently, Christy was recognized as a woman of influence by the New York Business Journal. And I want to comment to the men in our audience that that was a lot of focus on on women-oriented activities, but what we're going to talk about today is equally applicable for men and women. Christy, welcome to 321 I Relaunch. Carol, thanks so much for having me here. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Well, we're so excited to have you, and we might as well start with a conversation about new beginnings, because we're at the beginning of a new year, we're at the beginning of a new decade, and I'm interested in hearing uh, what kinds of professional development resolutions or goals or trends are you seeing right now? Oh, I love this question. It's something I think about a lot uh, in my role at Elevate, but also personally. At Elevate, we see a huge uptick every January in new members in the community. And I correlate that with this idea of new year, new you, wanting to uh, jumpstart your your networking, your career, your professional development, wherever, whatever stage you're at. And uh, I think a lot of us feel that, you know, that fresh beginnings. For me personally, some of the things that I've seen work uh, because I, I always feel so overwhelmed at the start of a new year. It's, you know, a day past December 31st, and yet it feels like this huge open opportunity uh, to take advantage of is to focus on the the micro. Uh, so instead of, you know, I want to get uh, a totally new job or I want to, um, you know, lose that 10 pounds or, you know, I mean, that's not professional, but whatever that goal is, Uh, When you start so big, it oftentimes feels unattainable. And so when you think about what that big goal is, but then back it into micro steps. So this week, if I do this small thing, next week, if I do that small thing, then you can work towards it. And it feels like you have that action plan and you're making movement every day or every week towards it. So for example, if it's, well, in 2019 or 2020, I want to grow my network. I want to meet more people. Then it's, okay, well, how do you do that? I want to publish on LinkedIn every day. I want to reach out to a few new connections. I want to have coffee once a week with someone. If you start to set these little micro goals and it makes that, that macro, that bigger goal seem more attainable. I, I also, you know, personally try to, to move away from this all consuming January 1st, you know, what is that new you going to look like? And, uh, think about it more on a quarterly basis or, you know, a twice a year basis, whatever works for you, where I really just have a, you know, deep conversation with myself. I sit down, I think, am I at the place where I want to be personally, professionally? What do I want to achieve in the next couple months? 
Um, how am I showing up for my family or for others in my network? Uh, and what do I need from them? And so when I do that self-assessment, it helps me to constantly make sure I'm, I'm on the right course, that I'm always being intentional and thinking about where I want to go and what I'm trying to accomplish, and to then have a clear ask uh, for others. When I meet someone new and I'm in a conversation and someone says, well, how can I help you? Then I know, okay, you know, I, 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 this is what I need. I, I want to get on a board or I want to meet someone in this industry or I need advice on X. And so it's just this way of throughout the year, not just January 1st or in the new year, uh, staying on course and, and really being intentional about thinking about where I'm going and how I'm going to get there. Um, so those are just things that I've learned in my own personal life uh, that have been really helpful as I've embarked on every year and uh, the change and, and progress I want to make in that year. You know, I really like your concept of breaking it down and taking these small steps and, you know, having that conversation with yourself quarterly, just to take the pressure off yourself a little bit, but still be focused enough to move forward. So I, I really like that balance. Uh, and I'm curious, Christy, what you think about the whole idea of, of um, moving forward with some of these goals on your own versus with a group of like-minded people, I'm, I'm thinking maybe some of them really lend themselves specifically specifically to be uh, focused on as an individual, and then others might, it might be a better process to have go through it with other people. What do you think about that? I absolutely agree. Uh, there, there's, you know, I, I think it comes down to, you know, who, who you are and how you work, right? Some of us are more individually motivated and others, you know, are motivated by being part of a, a community or having um, a um, accountability buddy. Uh, but, but community is, is important. One, um, you know, trying to climb that mountain on your own does feel daunting. It does feel overwhelming, even when you break it down into the, the little steps. And you may need someone to help you get over that boulder or help you um, navigate that t twist or turn in that road forward. So, you know, from having an accountability buddy, just stating, here's what I want to accomplish in the next month or year or week, uh, and having someone that, that supports you in that and holds you accountable and asks how you're doing, uh, to having a community that can help you achieve those goals. Uh, because we oftentimes, the path forward to how we accomplish something is not always clear. You want to tap into others' expertise, others' experiences. What have they learned and how can they help share that learning with you? Uh, and there's times when just having someone else um, is, is the way to achieve that goal. Uh, for example, I, you know, if you're someone who maybe previously worked in finance and that's the bulk of your community, but in the future you're thinking about maybe becoming an entrepreneur or and going into healthcare and you don't have that network you want to be able to tap into people and rely on them to make those connections, to make those introductions, to point you in the right direction so that you're not, you know, moving so slow that you're able to, to leverage the experience of others to achieve what it is you want to accomplish. Yeah. And, and I'm also thinking about 
what a good conversation starter that is to have with someone to you to say, can you talk me through your career path on at, at because once I understand how you made some of your choices that can help me inform that can help inform my uh, decision making process and it because it's a relatively easy question for people to answer. Uh, you're not asking them to help you find a job. You're, you're really information gathering. Uh, so I really like that line of conversation. And then, of course, that can lead to this next step that you're talking about, making introductions. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I, I want to dissect a piece of what you're talking about, th this whole personal identity piece, because it's this concept, it, it, it has all these different components to it. There's there's like your online identity and your in-person identity. And, you know, there's all this different these different choices you can make about social media and how you put yourself out there. And I should I should absolutely say that I'm a longtime member of the Elevate Network myself. I'm going I can't even tell you how far back it is. You would be shocked um, that, that, I, that I've been a member. But you have to fill out a profile um, as you know, you have a member profile. And I'm thinking, well, that's a dimension of a person's professional identity, too. So I'm just wondering if you could dive in a little bit to that and talk about the different um, components of professional identity or, and, or personal identity um, and any recommendations on that. Yes, I, I think that there's so many opportunities to craft and manage your identity. Uh, when you think about your identity or even your brand, and we all have a brand, each and every one of us, uh, regardless of you know what your day-to-day -day looks like and um, your past and, and where you're going, your brand is what people say about you when you aren't in the room. Mm -hmm. what, what, is that, what does that look like? And so we want to be in control of that brand, and there's so many different ways to do that. If you think about um, Volvo, for example, Volvo the car. Um, many people, when what what brand comes to mind? Many people may say, "Well, um, they're safe, they're reliable, they're great for families." Yeah. Well, that didn't happen overnight. You know that brand, that brand recognition, it came from you know Volvo customers using that that same nomenclature. It came from their advertising, their social media campaigns. You know everything that they're putting out there. Their thought leadership. It comes down to that safety, that reliability. And so it's the same with, with you and your identity. Uh, so when you think across the whole spectrum, the first piece of advice is, well, take advantage of those opportunities to have that profile. If you're within a network, if you're on LinkedIn, if you're on um, other platforms, make sure that you have filled out that profile with information about you know who you are and, and what you've accomplished. Even if you're currently not in the workforce or actively looking for work, it's still something important to keep up to date um, to make sure it has that information. If you join a local board or you're volunteering somewhere, all of those different pieces help to fill in who you are and to illustrate what's important to you and, and where your skills and expertise lie. But it's not just putting that profile out there, it's then engaging around it. So are you um, looking at other people's posts on social media or LinkedIn? Are you liking them? Are you sharing them? If you read an article or see something that you think is interesting, are, are you putting information out there? 
Uh, and I think there's a lot of low hanging fruit and easy touch points to just stay engaged in the conversation um, without a huge time lift, but that still feels like you're 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 reinforcing your brand by being part part of that conversation. And and it extends beyond the you know digital too. It's are you um, continuing to network? And network also doesn't have to be you know, going to some wine and cheese events or networking event um, with other, you know, with professionals. It could be networking within the local school community, church community, gym, wherever you are, you know, how do you build your brand, not just as an individual in that community, but the, the professional identity that you want people to know about. Uh, I realized that I have three little kids in school, and I realized that um, I was talking to some of the parents one day, and no one had a clue what I did. Mm-hmm. And yet they're also professionals and seeing opportunities. And so that was a miss for me. Uh, and, and the final thing I would say is just, you know, there's a lot of ways to, to continue to showcase your expertise, um, you know, by blogging. You know, there's Medium or LinkedIn where you can easily just post articles um, and share your thought leadership. Uh, Elevate is a great resource where we have um, many of our members who are publishing their articles, their blogs. We have relationships with Forbes and other publications. Um, and I know that that can seem like a heavy lift and time commitment. But if you are, are really wanting to deepen that um, profile and that expertise so that it eventually leads to opportunities or you know, other, um, other doors opening, then, you know, there's many ways in which you can take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I believe that you featured an article that I wrote on the Elevate column on Forbes and, you know, thousands of people uh, read it. it. It got exposure on that platform in a way that it wouldn't have otherwise. So um, each one of these platforms and then partnerships like you have with, with Forbes and extension of the platforms are help uh, amplify uh, your message even more. Uh, and as you're saying, it's not like you also have to sit around and, and author original pieces. Um, you can respond um, or make comments on, um, on other articles that are out there uh, and just get your name known in circles, uh, if, if your goals are professional, um, in your particular professional arena uh, by continuing to, to make these comments. So um, just in terms of people feeling uh, intimidated by the process, making the point that it's not like you have to continually be um, generating um, original written content. You know, you could you could generate video content or even do Instagram stories or, you know, you know, whatever medium feels most comfortable to you. Can, can you comment on that at like some some of these different platforms? And, you know, here we are on podcasts, voice versus video versus uh, the written, you know, something, the written word. Yeah. So my thoughts on that is we um, as humans, we all respond to communication in different ways. There's some saying um, that, you know, someone has to, to hear or, you know, be commun- a theme has to be communicated to someone seven times before it really sinks in. Uh, and so I, I, I'm on 
Instagram and I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on um, podcasts and we do videos and we kind of do the whole spectrum. But in part, we know that some of our community uh, likes videos and, and that's the type of information they d- digest. Personally, I love podcasts. I'm always listening to podcasts when I'm commuting. Others are more, you know, reading articles and on LinkedIn. So if you want to get a broad cross-section of a potential network and contacts, then it, it, it's helpful to try and tap into as many areas that feel authentic to you, that uh, are, are manageable and attainable for you. Um, it's also, you know, many people that I've spoken to that might be in fashion or media, uh, they tend to really like Instagram. Uh, those that want to be influencers and bloggers and thought leaders and authors also tend to like Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, you know, so I, I just think do some research. Um, what channels are you on today and what resonates with you? Um, think about, you know, who are some of those role models? Um, and role models don't have to be a huge public figure. It's just someone who you really think they're doing a good job uh, in telling their story and building their brand. And why do you think it's good? And how do you emulate that? I have a, a friend of mine um, or a woman I met, we were on a panel together, um, Mita Malik, and she uh, does a great job posting on LinkedIn. And I had said that to her. I was like, I, you know, I want to post more and you do a great job. And she said, well, I just, every morning I get up and the articles I'm reading, I, if I like it, I share it. And I just pull a quote from the article and I use that in the post when I share it. And I set a goal to share three things a day and I get it done first thing in the morning and then I'm off to the races. And, and that I was like, wow, I can do that. That makes sense. So, you know, talk to people and, and figure out what works for them and, and then build out a plan that that's manageable and authentic to you. Yeah, that is such great advice and and a, and a great example too. Uh, and I, I use this myself sometimes, pulling out a quote. You don't have to then create an original comment. You pull out the quote that you think um, is, you, you know, the, one of the highest impact statements within the piece and copy and paste it. And, and that's your comment. And, and that, that is great advice. And also it's been really fascinating to look at the evolution of some of these platforms, because you know, I I was one of the early Twitter users. I came on there and maybe 2008, and I feel like there there's less of an impact right now on on some of the posts on Twitter, as, for me at least, as opposed to when I post on LinkedIn, and I can get a lot of good data from LinkedIn on who uh, you know who's looking at my posts. And I, I found that uh, it to be a very powerful platform on the professional side. So I'm glad you mentioned that too. Yeah. And, and, and conversely, I'm terrible on Twitter. Um, I, I, that's another area. Carol, you'll have to give me advice because hmm. I, you know, I, but, but we also can't spread ourselves too thin, right? I mean, we have so many other priorities and it can feel overwhelming to think you have to be in all places at, at the time. So again, it's figuring out well, what is the place that feels good to you uh, and where the fellow users are, um, are who you want to attract, who you want to get in front of? And those relationships can help build you know, your personal professional goals. 
Uh, the last thing I would say to that too is that, you know, I mean, you can certainly post on Twitter or LinkedIn, um, but if you have 2,000 followers versus two followers, that's a very different story and a very different reach. And there's a lot of ways in which you can build that community, right? Just as we think about networking and building relationships, um, you know, the, in the old school way, here's here's my Rolodex, my business cards, and I met this person and I met that person. In this digital space, um, there's many ways to start expanding that reach. And, you know, initially it can feel very uh, surface level, very one dimensional, but there's always ways to go deeper. So, you know, some, some best practices are around, you know, following, you know, setting a goal too. I want to follow five new people today um, or 10 or 50, but, you know, making sure you're following other people, you're commenting on their posts and that they follow you back. Um, you can send people messages. Hey, I thought this was a great piece or I really liked what you said there. So you're starting to build those relationships within the space that you're playing um, and starting to also build your network, the number of people that are engaging with you in that space, um, which then helps to amplify your message more, uh, which then, you know, ultimately should should help drive those goals that you have. Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, just one more comment on this. These platforms evolved and, you know, they reach their peaks and then um, people move on to other platforms. So, you know, I I would argue that um, in the evolution of Twitter, we're past the peak of it, um, whereas, you know, LinkedIn is really in its prime um, in terms of, of a, uh, how active a platform it is, how you can reach people. And then, you know, Instagram for sure, is, there's so much activity there of people of all ages. And if you look to the future, um, I, one of the people I follow is Gary Vaynerchuk, and he's been talking about taking TikTok seriously. Um, even though it's used mostly by younger kids now, that that's going to evolve into, you know, the platform that Instagram is today. Um, although I just saw an article today that said something about security breaches and TikTok, so they're going to have to fix that. Um, but anyway, it's really interesting to sort of watch the ebb and flow of, of these various platforms um, and, and see which ones evolve and dominate over time. Um, all right, let's just switch gears uh, because I'm very interested in your career path and I wanted to know if you could take us through it and tell us um, about how your career has progressed and how it has uh, been impacted uh, with events on the personal side and whatever you want to discuss. Yeah, I, I um, so the overarching theme in my career path has been um, the power of having a network and taking risks. So I was, uh, not to go too, too far back, but it, it is an interesting segue, which was I, I was an English and sociology major in school um, back many, many, many years ago when the common question was, okay, are you going to be a teacher or a lawyer? Uh, and at the time I had planned on being a lawyer. And I went to get my first job and, and through a recruiter actually ended up in investment banking. And it it was huge for me uh, because for for most of my education, I hadn't really taken a lot of business courses, hadn't seen myself as a business person. I was, loved the reading and the writing and the research. And I um, found I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It, it just was where I was meant to be. And, and 
you know, on my own without getting that feedback or advice from others. I'm not sure if I ever would have gone down that path. Um, but then soon after, I uh, had a friend of mine from school who was working at a company and she loved it. It was a startup. This is back during the, the big startup boom in the late 90s, early 2000s. And she said, well, you have to come here. And it was a sales role. And I said, well, no, I'm, I'm not a salesperson. That's not my thing. And she said, you would be great. You have to do it. And I said, absolutely not. That's not my thing. And she said, please, Christy, trust me. And so I went there. And nine years later, was head of all revenue operations. I was on the senior team when we had a successful exit from the company. And I was tasked with growing our global operations and expanding the business overseas. So that one moment of taking a risk and stop saying, no, you know, that's not my, that's not my thing. Uh, and listening to someone who was in my network, offering me an opportunity really, again, you know, set my career on this different trajectory. Um, but it was at that time where I had built a, a professional dynamic for myself, where I was, my, my job was my number one priority. I was working, you know, way, way too many hours than I should have been. And, you know, was stressed, stress, so stressed about work and going in on weekends and working late at nights. And I was also pregnant with my first child. And I didn't see how I could manage to do both. Um, certainly, there were opportunities for me to kind of step back in my role in terms of the hours and the responsibility. But that that's, I built that for myself. And I, I I didn't think I'd be able to to really do that. So I decided to leave my company um, and to take a career break. And it was, you know, it was a, it was a hard time for me. Um, you know, having seen so much of my worth and so much of, of my career and, and identity tied to my career, um, not having that and, um, you know, and, and not going to an office every day and, having those touch points was really, um, it was really difficult, but, you know, hindsight, you know, 2020, I think that was a hugely important moment for me to help me really understand one, the importance of having an identity that's around me and not tied into a job or a title or a role about, you know, being honest with myself and regularly going through the process of, of asking myself, well, what's important? What do I care about? What do I want to do every day? What do I want to learn? What am I inspired by? So during that break, I, um, you know, I, I, I talked to a lot of people and I did a lot of soul searching around what was next. And through someone I'd worked with previously, um, you know, when I, we entered the workforce, I started on a, a founding team of a startup called Zeal. And again, totally different experience, early stages. What's our name? What are we going to do? You know, I helped lead fundraising and operations and strategy. And it was exciting. It opened up more of this operational bent, um, learned a great deal, and then got to a point again where I said, okay, like, what's next? I'm ready to take the next plunge. And I've been heads down and working hard, and I don't know what it is. And now I'm ready, and I'm not sure what I'm ready for. So I went on a listening tour and, and that's, you know, why networking is so important to me personally and professionally, where just like you said earlier, Carol, I asked a whole bunch of people in different industries and in different size companies and different functional areas, you know, what do you do every day? 
why do you like what you do? Here's kind of my background. What how would that translate into the type of role that you have? And it was on uh, one of those those networking discussions. Um, and speaking to a woman, Ally McDonald, who I just really admired her her career trajectory, and she worked at um, you know had gone from uh, working in corporate America to a, a large NGO, and she just said, you know what, you need to come work with me. I want you, I mean, it's literally our first meeting. I want you to come <laughs> come work at Elevate, which was formerly 85 Broads. So mm-hmm. the next day I met with Sally Krawcheck, who owned the business. And within a few hours, I had a job offer and started a few weeks later. Um, wow. It doesn't always happen that way. Yeah. I, I mean, I know I'm like really selling it here. But mm-hmm. I just think opportunities occur in places we don't expect them to. And What's great about opportunities is that it can be such a pleasant surprise and such, you know, the, um, you know, access to something we never imagined, but we don't always control them, right? I think one of the hardest things about uh, looking for a new job or looking for a new opportunity is there's only so much work you feel like you can put in and then it's in someone else's hands to think that that resume is great or to think that you're a good fit. So the more we can do to set ourselves up for success in those in those situations, the better. Um, and that really starts with, you know, having the open mind, you know, asking yourself really what's important to you and what you're interested in and, and having understanding what that could look like for you and really cultivating a network over time that you can lean on when you need it. Right. I, I love your statement about you don't know where the opportunities are going to come from. And, you know, we've had relaunchers say I was at my kid's soccer game and sitting next to another parent. And that conversation was what ultimately led to my job opportunity. Uh, you, you know, in, in when I went back to work, I had my 11 year career break. I was also in investment banking and then I went back uh, to investment management. Um, There was a junior guy on one of my investment banking teams um, from years ago. And when I was on career break, he was moving up and became a managing director of this uh, investment firm. And he's the one who opened the door for me to go interview there later on. And I, you know, I think I started some of these conversations at an annual Christmas party that uh, one of our former co-workers used to have every year. So you just never know. Um, And just like in your case, that's an incredible story about that series of conversations and also with such speed, it doesn't usually happen quickly no. um, either. So, so congratulations, really, really exciting. So thank you for that. It, um, I, and I love this concept of a listening tour. I love how you uh, put it that way. Uh, and, and when you think about it in that way and you have this question that you're asking people and uh, you're collecting information, but you're calling it a listening tour, it's, it's Kind of cool. So, did you actually say to people, "I'm I'm on a listening tour," or was that just your private name for it? No, I, I did. I was very upfront about it. I I think that um, you know it's sometimes over overwhelming uh, when, especially if it's kind of a loose connection or it's not someone you know really well. Um, but even depending on on who you are, you may feel uncomfortable, you know, going to someone and saying, "Hey, I need a job." Um, but saying, hey, I really want to learn more about what you do and about your company, about your industry, what you like, what don't you like, tell me more. That Those conversations 
can can go deeper throughout the course of the conversation that can lead to a more natural ask, um, direct ask. And, uh, and, and we all feel have varying degrees of comfort with that. And, you know, I've been to, certainly I've been to events or I've had people reach out to me before that I don't know that, you know, will come up to me and say, hey, I'm looking for a job. Can you help me? Right. And, um, so many people are very comfortable with that. But, you yeah. know, personally, I, I am, am not. And I, I wanted to um, use that as an opportunity. I really genuinely wanted to learn. I think, you know, gone are the days when you um, have to, you know, I graduate with an accounting degree and I'm going to be an accountant for the rest of my life. And many people still do that. And that's great. But then for many of us, it's, well, I have many different skills and many different interests, and I want to challenge myself, and I want to do something different. Industries are changing so much. There's functional areas and titles that exist today that did not exist five years ago or 10 years ago. Many of us want to start our own companies and be an entrepreneur. But to do that, it takes, you know, it takes insights. It takes um resources and experiences that we might not personally have. So when you can tap into others' experiences, um, what they've learned, what's worked, what hasn't worked, what does this look like? Uh, it, it helps you to better define what that opportunity is for you and to know how to achieve it. Right. And, you know, your comment about not being comfortable uh, with this, you know, can you help me get a job approach? It, it's, I think most people aren't comfortable with it because it's so opportunistic and especially not at the beginning. And to be on the receiving end of that also doesn't feel that great. It's like build up the relationship first and, and then go in with something like that when, you know, after you've established a relationship for a period of time. So, so your approach is it, 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 so instructive. Uh, so we're actually running out of time. And Christy, I wanted to ask you the question that we ask all of our podcast guests, and that is, what is your best piece of advice for our relauncher audience, even if it's something that we've already talked about today? I would say take risks, um, you know, be open to opportunities that don't seem obvious. Um, be generous. I really believe in, in karma and things, you know, come back full circle. So be generous uh, with others and your time. And really think about the relationships you build and your network. It's something you should invest in every single day. It doesn't have to take a lot of time. It's connecting with people online. It's connecting with people in person at school drop-off or pickup or, you know, at, at the store or in your community. Uh, I, I was with a good friend of mine last night, and she has been out of the workforce for about nine years and is uh, has an interview actually today. And so we were, um, we were just role-playing. We were role-playing the interview, asking questions. It's in an industry I know very little about. It's a role that I know nothing about. But I certainly know a lot about interviewing people. And so, you know, really rely on your network. It's not just for opportunities. It's for insights. It's for support. Um, know that, you know, there's so many people in your life that, care about you that want you to achieve those goals that you have and don't be afraid to make the ask yes excellent advice um christy how can our listeners find out more about elevate well you can check us out at elevatenetwork.com that's two l's e-l-l-e-v-a-t-e network.com we're on linkedin as i'm also on linkedin christy wallace instagram at elevate 
underscore NTWK, Twitter, Elevate NTWK. So follow us, reach out to us. Um, We'd love to hear from you and wishing you all the best in 2020 and beyond. Perfect. And I'll just add Christy is K-R-I-S-T-Y, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, Wonderful. And that's so generous of you. And thanks for all the information. And thanks for joining us today, Christy, for a great conversation. Of course, Carol, thank you. And for all all the wonderful work you're doing. And it's just a pleasure when we get to chat and catch up. I agree. And uh, I'm thrilled to have been a member of Elevate for so long and watched how the organization has grown and had an impact on so many people. So thanks again, Christy, and thanks for listening to 321 I Relaunch, the podcast where we discuss strategies, advice, and success stories about returning to work after a career break. I'm Carol Fishman-Cohen, the chair and co-founder of I Relaunch and your host. For more information on I Relaunch, go to irelaunch.com. And if you like this podcast, be sure to rate it on iTunes and your favorite podcast platform. And be sure to share this podcast with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, and other social media. Thanks for joining us.